Hey, hey. Yes, it's still Freedom Friday, but it is a bit of a longer episode. I just had so many awesome guests this month. I had to make sure I got them all in. So this interview is playing on a Friday, so it's a longer episode than normal, but I know you're going to enjoy it. So today I'm with Adit, and she has a therapy background. She is also a coach, and she is the podcast host for Therapeutic Life Healing for Women. But why do I love this conversation so much? Well, because to me, I believe this is a lot of the foundational work about learning how to process emotions and move through this journey of joy and pain and grief and loss and anxiety and all the human emotions with compassion for ourselves and grace. And we had a really good conversation where she shares from her experience, she has had lots of grief in her life. She's had the um, ability to study and learn and work with so many people. And I just love the conversation because she is just such a blessing. I look forward to being able to engage on her audience soon as well, because it's super important because we know that a lot of times we do cope with wine and different forms of alcohol, and we really don't process the emotions. And I think that is the key player to this journey is learning that they're not so scary and they are, and they can be super uncomfortable. But once we get on the other side, whoo, honey, that's where freedom comes. So before we get started, I would like to share another review from Romano Ohana. This is uh, titled Real Good Stuff. Real being in all caps. I'm a girl who thrives on authenticity. From the moment I heard Michelle on a podcast, I sensed that realness and immediately joined the Facebook sisterhood. Later, I had the opportunity to do a coaching session on values. Michelle was so amazing and relatable, and she has a gift for speaking to the truth and love. She is genuine, spirit-filled, and passionate about this community. Sign up for all the things. You won't be disappointed, but may be transformed. Thank you so very much, and thank you, ladies, for continuing to share and review. It means so much to me. All right, so check out this episode with Adit. She's amazing. Hey, sister, do you feel stuck? Do you feel like you're living each day over and over on a loop? Maybe you feel like a failure because you keep telling yourself that today will be different. You wake up each morning hoping to do better, but when the afternoon rolls around, all your promises to yourself are shot. And society screams, you deserve to have that drink, eat that piece of cake, and scroll mindlessly through social media. Hi, I'm Michelle Porterfield, certified mindset and breakthrough coach, mom of three, former daily wine drinker, excuse maker and promise breaker. Coffee's my jam, dry shampoo is my BFF, and I am so glad you're here. I have created this community to help you walk in faith towards freedom from alcohol and other strongholds like it. Together, we will work to show you your value, your strength, and your ability to overcome. So pop in your earbuds and go for a walk or buckle up for your commute. Girl, get ready for straight talk and the truth because it's time to elevate your mindset, develop healthy routines, and begin to thrive alcohol-free. Hey sisters, I have another awesome friend with me today um, on the podcast. Uh, my friend Adit is here 
and she's the podcast host of Therapeutic Life Healing for Women, but I want her to just kind of share who she is and what she does, and we're going to talk today not about food and nutrition, but something that I find that honestly is more important because that will lead us to making those kind of choices. We're going to talk about mental health and how it affects us, so thanks for coming today. Thank you so much, Michelle, for having me on your podcast and hello to all your listeners. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, As you mentioned, my name is Adit Chuchagi and I am a licensed psychotherapist out here in California. And I've been in the field of mental health for little over 15 years now. And it really stemmed from a place of personal experiences and interest uh, and then eventually led me into my career and uh, kind of marries personal and professional together. So it's a, it's a big passion of mine, I would say. When I talk about it, I can talk about it all day. <laughs> I can pretty much geek out um, on these conversations and we can be here for hours. So <laughs> that's a little bit about me and uh, what I do. And I, I primarily serve women and Uh, really kind of address symptoms of depression, anxiety, grief, and loss. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, and that's why I asked you to be here because I love that you geek out on it Um, (laughs) because you have so much more knowledge around it and your passion um, for helping women. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about, so we discussed a little before I hit record who my listeners are. They know who they are and I know that they experience Uh, lots of things, stress, anxiety, um, grief and loss has come up. We've come out of a year of all of, all of the above increased drinking increased self-sabotage coping. So what if we just start talking a little bit about really what is grief and different ways that it sort of can come out? Because I think immediately our minds want to go to, our mind does, Grief means someone has has passed away. We've had a death in the family. But I feel like there's so much more of the layers of this and how it can affect our actions. Will you just kind of dive in and talk about that? Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that, Michelle, because when we often hear the word grief and loss, we immediately, most people uh, go to thinking about it being a loss of a loved one and death. And grief is so much more than just that. It is that. And uh, it is, uh, you know, really encompassing a large list of life experiences many of us have had, and we don't even know we're grieving. So things like losing your job. A lot of people lost their jobs in 2020. That's a loss. That's grief and loss experience right there. A lot of people lost their homes, whether it was back in 2008 with the you know financial crash or more recently uh, through the pandemic, if you've lost your home, if you have moved, if you've moved to a new state, a new country, uh, if some people can even you know, make that move from a place of joy. It was a happy change. That doesn't mean that there wasn't now some form of grief in losing kind of the experiences that you had. Maybe you're leaving loved ones, friends, community behind um, and moving on. And it's okay to kind of sit there and process what that loss means. It also expands to um, a terminal illness. If you've been diagnosed with something, kind of this, this loss of even mobility, 
But, you know, when you think about all these different identities that you've gone through in your life from even being in elementary to then junior high to then high school, maybe college, uh, the different identities and roles that then have come from that. Maybe you went from being single to then in a relationship to then being a wife to then being a mother, being a grandmother, like all of these um, moments in our life are important times to pause and reflect uh, even this like grief and loss and identity for what life we thought we would have had. Um, if you're trying to conceive and you're having a hard time conceiving a child, there might be a grief and loss process to go through even in that. And so there's so many ways that grief and loss shows up in our lives daily, constantly, um, and surpasses just death. Mm. So then once the awareness is there, because that's huge. I mean, golly, I thought about something. I really didn't realize it until, I don't know, midway through, I would say my last journey, my journey. So I am, as of August of this year, three years alcohol free. So, which is crazy cool. So I love it. That's the women that I serve. And, you know, there, there, there's that season where you're really focusing on the removal, you know, becoming a non-drinker, the boundaries and the the routines that we kind of put in place in our tools. Then the next kind of season is really looking at, okay, whether it's this personal development, growth, where am I going? You know, are there some things, you know, that I need to deal with from my past? And I realized that I had been grieving seasons of like, a group of friendships and kind of like the lifestyle I was living, like it was awesome and fun. And then, like you said, there's joy in the shifts, you know, I moved, I had to move twice in an apartment for a little while, which was crazy with the kids. But, and I didn't realize it till later, like how heavy that was and to give myself time to process it. So how do you help women to begin to see? And first of all, I mean, it, I feel like it always starts with grace to ourselves and gentleness and compassion to go, okay, I'm feeling this way. And how do I process it without just like either judging myself for feeling this way or pushing it to the side? How do you kind of connect with that? I, yeah, absolutely think it's so important to start with gentleness and self-compassion because if we if we start really shaming ourselves for decisions we've made or are making it's not going to help it's actually counterintuitive to the healing process and when we can just i begin to identify that we are in pain and that we are grieving something whether it's relationships, whether it's a breakup, whether it's, it's any, any kind of change, maybe even this expectation of what we think we should have been doing instead with our lives. And if we're not doing that, there's a lot of shame and judgment that comes in. And so even recognizing that awareness is, is key to change and transformation and healing and saying to myself, wow, I am doing X, Y, Z. Maybe I'm drinking alcohol more than I'd like to, and I just don't know how to stop. If I can tap into, I, I have had certain experiences in my life <clears throat> where there has been a lot of pain and, and grief and loss, and I am grieving. And I 
really am now in a place where I want to give myself permission to feel whatever I'm feeling and maybe asking for help and receiving support from whether it's your church community, a pastor, friends, loved ones, a professional, really the help is out there. It's just a matter of us asking and not thinking it's a weakness. Instead, it's, I think the bravest thing you can do is raise your hand and say, I need help. And then allow that help in. And from there, it just begins to become the process of healing and grieving. And from there, it's that continued permission to be gentle with yourself throughout the journey because perfectionism doesn't exist yet. For some reason, all of us, many of us, myself included, struggle with this sense of identity to be perfect. And it's crazy to think that, but we do there because there's so many messages constantly around us, whether it's from social media, the media, friends, family, work, our own selves. Somehow we continue to put this pressure of perfectionism to exist. And when we don't attain or meet that, we think we have failed. And so that gentleness has to continue on your journey. So even as you're healing and you're grieving and you're working through whatever struggles you are going through, if you can just see it as this kind of not linear process, but rather a roller coaster where you're going to have these loops, you're going to have downs, you're going to have ups. And that is just the whole human being experience and trying your best not to judge those loop times, those down times, Uh, And see them instead as a place to lean more into uh, self-compassion. And when you can do that, I've seen women really heal in a way that is just, I can't even put words to it. It's just beautiful to witness. Uh, And I'm honored to, you know, work with clients to see that process unfold. But that's where the healing, that's where the medicine I say is, is when you can be kinder to yourself in those down times. If you can do that, you can pull through really the darkest times of your life. Mm, I love that. Thank you. And what came up to my heart to ask you next, because this has happened twice in the last month or so and having conversations with certain women, um, is when it's new, and I mean newness of grief, maybe a little bit more of the acute emotions, the feeling of guilt when they're happy, like they're moving through it, but yet then they have these moments where they're like feeling a little bit of happiness again and they're feeling guilty. How do we address that? I love that question so much because I I go into my own personal experience and you know, people can't see my face, but I'm smiling, even though it's not a place to, you know, it's a painful place to be in, but I smile because I can relate from uh, being in a place of feeling so guilty for feeling happy or joyous, because really, if we, if we observe ourselves from an objective place, if we can just for a moment, listeners that are tuning in now, just even taking a pause to just step out of your body, step out of your mind and kind of have this bird's eye view of your experience and saying, um, wow, I have been used to chaos. I have been used to 
experiences that have constantly been disappointing or painful or whatever it is, you know, and seeing it not from a place of judgment or blame, but rather, again, kind of as best as you can, noticing that I've, I've been used to a certain lifestyle. I've been used to a certain friend group. I've been used to a certain way of living. My central nervous system in my body, my brain have all just been wired in a certain way where it is actually really difficult to stay with the emotion of happy or, or joyful. And so when I feel that I'm either feeling guilty for having it or I'm having anxiety because I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Hmm. So one of those two things is likely happening. And so if we can just begin again, to be aware of our process and notice that's what's happening, we can then kind of give ourselves the medicine we need to heal through that process. So if it's feeling guilty, it's sitting with the distress of the guilt and continuing to kind of push past the discomfort. And with time and consistency, you will get to a different place with guilt. It could get quieter. Um, if it's waiting for the other shoe to drop and you're constantly feeling uh, anxious to just stay, you know, in this joy, you're like, uh, I don't know, something's going to happen. I'm, I'm ready for the next, next bad thing to happen. So why even stay in this joy? What's the point? Um, notice that and notice that you're, you're depriving yourself of um, joy. And because it might be true. You're not crazy for thinking, you know, something bad's going to happen because, you know, you've probably had experiences like that or are having experiences like that, that kind of confirm that cycle. And so it's important in that place to just recognize that you're living in the future. It's kind of this anticipatory grief. I talk about that too with clients and on my podcast that we're anticipating the next grief without even really realizing it. So if we can know that that's happening, we can bring ourselves back to kind of either mindfulness or prayer, just being in the present moment and giving ourselves permission um, to just feel the joy and sit with the discomfort of either feeling guilty or feeling anxiety. And with time and practice and kind of over time, different coping skills look different for each person. Um, but starting to practice whatever is helpful, most helpful to you and doing that in those moments to then with time, it starts to get easier and feel easier and better, um, to work through that guilt. Like for me, um, you know, I've, uh, had a lot of loss in my family, continue to have a lot of, um, cancer runs just rapid in our family and, and we've, you know, I've lost my sister at a young age due to cancer. Um, I've had numerous extended family members and currently have a cousin who is young and is, is terminally, you know, the cancer's terminally ill. Um, and so I, I would typically feel really guilty to feel happy and go do things that bring me joy. And because I've worked through my own grief and it's a constant process and constant, it's not a end point, but 
you know, even more recently, I knew that I needed a lot of energy and my cup to feel full and present with my family as we're going through another terminal cancer, that it's actually important for me to pour back into myself and feel joy while knowing there's chaos and sadness lingering. So I took, excuse me, so I took myself to a museum with a friend and I had the best time. It was great. We had dinner afterwards and it was just really nice and spent some time in the sun and reading a book. Doing Those are my pleasures. Those are ways that I can tap into my joy. And now going into the rest of the week, my cup is full. I can call my cousin. I can stay on the phone with him. I can be present with my family. And so those are ways that listeners, if you're, you know, resonating with this, just continuously reminding yourself that it's okay to pour back into your cup because that is the kind thing to do because it'll help you be more present with the, the loved ones in your life and that you are worthy and deserving of joy. And it's life is constantly, you know, ups and downs. So if we can just accept the process instead of judging it, um, that's the best thing we can do for ourselves. Mm. Yes. I love it. So beautiful. And it's so true because typically for women, especially we kind of run on empty a lot of times because we think that that is the maybe super mom cape. Oh, well, if I just do all the things and give, 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 but really if we're gonna serve others and love them, especially in their weakness, if you are dealing with someone sick, then you have to be filling your cup. And so, yes, you know, for me, that is time with friend. Like I call a friend, Hey, I want a coffee date. We have a great conversation. It's getting outside into nature on a regular basis. It is, um, you know, I actually love massages, you know, once a month or so and working out's big for me. So it is true that we all have our different ways that we have tools and coping and, you know, nurturing things for ourselves and it also true that a lot of times in the beginning, like you said, it's kind of, it can be uncomfortable, just like I've talked about before, even with one of my past client interviews, she's like, you know, sometimes things that are going to really turn out very helpful are very mechanical and awkward and not so like flowy at first. But then when you begin to walk out that process, you go, oh, okay, this is why I'm doing this this does help me feel better. This helps my mind clear or whatever. Don't you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's important again, to kind of remind yourself of this is a constant uh, process that isn't linear. And so I can just lean into uh, kind of my experience and just be with the experience and not judge it it's a much more easier place to be, uh, even in the chaos, even in the, the pain. Um, there's a quote that I often refer back to uh, that I love is, you know, it's not the load itself, but it's how we carry the load. So we all have problems. We all have, you know, things that are not going well in our life or pain and trauma in our past things that we're anxious about in the future. I mean, we all went through a global pandemic and we're still in it. And so there's ways that even as a global community, we have, you know, grieved. And if we can learn how to carry that load differently, 
uh, with new coping skills, with new um, ways that we can, you know, have a mindset that is gentler with our experience, then again, the healing process is a lot much, uh, is a lot more kinder um, and easier to go through than kind of the suffering experience. Do you have experience um, from that place of really kind of beating yourself up and that frustration to that transition of compassion? Because I know I have, and that's been a huge deal because I really didn't make much progress <laughs> beating myself up and being like, Oh my gosh, what's wrong with you? You know, it wasn't until I came to a place Well, well, nothing's wrong with me. It's, you know, I'm hurting and I am, you know, I'm, a, I'm not feeling all the feelings and that's the part where it can get uncomfortable. And I feel like, and I know this is kind of a, a open question. Have you had that experience? I'm sure you have. And to the, the end of the, the question would be like, how can we, cause you and I do this with our clients and I'm really teaching my children, but how can we start to really be more aware and have conversations even with our friends about how emotions themselves, they're, they're not that scary. It seems like we've just grown up in this culture of, you know, I just don't want to feel this way, but yet we're beating, we're the ones beating ourselves up a lot of times in creating those emotions. Like, let's talk about that a little bit. Can you follow me? Cause I know that was kind of all over the place. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, again, it made me think of this quote. I'm like a walking quote these days. <laughs> um, but it it's comparison is the thief of all joy. Mm-hmm. And I think whenever we go to that place where we're really hard on ourselves, I like to, you know, when you ask the question, how, how do we become aware? Um, notice the feeling, like if you're starting to compare yourself, there's probably again, a feeling of like not enoughness. So notice where you're comparing yourself. Is it through social media? Is it through your friend group, family? Where's the pressure uh, internally and externally that's coming that's triggering this, this sense of comparison? Um, that's often where I see, again, a lot of like joy is robbed from us is when we go there and we don't one, become aware that we're doing that. And two, we might be aware, but then we continue to do it anyways. Um, what, you know, why would anything change if we're going to, you know, nothing changes if nothing changes. Again, another (laughs) quote I come back to. Um, and, and so it's important again, to be aware of what is, what is it that I'm feeling and why, and what is it trying to reveal to me? You know, if I'm feeling anger, if I'm feeling resentment, if I'm feeling frustration, sadness, uh, why, what is, what is behind that emotion? Um, and what is it trying to reveal to me? And just kind of sitting there and uh, noticing that the feeling is a teacher. You know, I always say to my clients too, that every emotion we have, every feeling we have is, is all about teaching. It's, it's a feedback loop, right? Our body, our mind is just giving us back information. And so if we can look at it and say, okay, what is this teaching me? Or what is this trying to reveal to me? Um, if I'm feeling really in a, a state of anxiety, is it because I'm comparing myself to other people? Okay, where do I need to maybe set some limits on 
if it's coming from social media, do I need to set some timers up for myself? So I'm not, you know, scrolling so much and comparing my life to somebody else. Um, do I need to unfollow or mute some accounts? Uh, again, it kind of goes back to knowing yourself and knowing why uh, you're feeling that way and where it's coming from. And if you don't know, it's okay to, again, explore with a safe person and say, hey, I can I talk to you about something I'm really struggling right now and trying to understand uh, and would really love like a sounding board to talk this out. So find someone who will be a good listener, not kind of try to fix, uh, but rather just allow a, another person to just kind of hear you out. And you can let them know in the beginning, I, I need to just talk this out. I'm not looking for solutions or advice. I just kind of want to talk this out. And if you notice a pattern or a theme, um, maybe point that out to me, but, but that's all that I'm looking for. Um, and again, if you don't have somebody like that in your life, then at that point, it might be helpful to reach out and seek professional uh, support. And that is absolutely okay. Mm. Yeah, it's more than okay. It's completely life-changing, you know, because I just feel like from my experience, I am blessed to have a couple of friends that we can be like that, that sounding board. But that wasn't until I already came to a place where I was already gr grown or in the personal growth kind of place and had gone through my journey. Um, because there again, I think a lot of times, and this is, I think, I could speak for you as well. That's why we do what we do because of our experiences, because there's so much power when you can open up to someone who has been there before, because not only can they be a great listener, they can also see it from all different angles and perspectives as well. And for me, I've, I've said this many times, I feel like that's a huge part of, why we don't live a life of fulfillment is if we choose to do it alone. The enemy wants to keep us isolated. And the more we sit with ourselves and stay by ourselves, it's going to be really, really difficult. So I feel like that's super important is just to understand that if you're listening and you really don't, because I've had a lot of women say this, like, I don't really know who I am. I don't know really what I want. I'm in this stage of all I've been doing is raising kids and being married. And I'm, they feel stuck in that lostness, you know, of this, in this, in this place. And I think it sometimes can be difficult to do it on your own. So that's why too, well, like you said, Adit, like you, there's lots of options out there, whether it's friends, pastors, church people, therapists, coaches. I mean, there's just so much opportunity, but you have to raise your hand and you have to ask for help. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even now with technology that, you know, there's pros and cons to everything, of course, but you know, the nice part about, you know, sometimes these Facebook groups, um, it can be a place of support or, you know, learning about workshops or communities um, that are online and virtual nowadays. It's, it's so much easier to join something um, at, for free or a low cost. It's just, there's something out there for everybody. It's just a matter of, of, finding it, um, and seeing that you need that and want that. Um, there again, another quote, re, you know, that I, I, I really hold dear to my heart is when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So it's when we're ready 
to face whatever it is and get support for it, the, the teacher will appear in whatever form it is. Um, we just have to be willing to, again, seek it. Yeah, that's awesome. I totally agree. I remember in my early journey of looking, it wasn't hard to find podcasts and it wasn't hard to find books of people who had gone before me. And I realized, oh, I'm not alone here. And I just, you know, kept digging and kept digging. So I think that's the first step is, is knowing that you're ready for sure. So where can people find you? Because I know they're going to want to listen to more um, of your awesomeness on your podcast. And then where else can they find you? Thank you so much, Michelle, for having me and to listeners who are tuning in. I um, hope and pray and trust that you are on your healing journey and will continue to find the self-compassion and love that you need to continue to really live your life in a way that feels really good to you because you are worthy and deserving of that. Um, and where people can find me, I, uh, have my website, aditc.com, E-I-D-I-T-C.com. Uh, I'm on Instagram and, uh, it's heal with Adit. That's, uh, E-I-D-I-T, uh, is my name. Um, and I have my podcast, I, uh, therapeutic life healing, like you said, and I try to get an episode out each week. And, uh, those are some ways that you can access or find me in my services. I offer workshops, uh, for women, one-on-one services and the podcast. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And, um, we'll, we'll probably have another conversation down the road again. I, I really value this time with you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay, girlfriend, before you go, if you found value in this podcast and it helped you, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. Every so often, I will read reviews and give shout outs. To dig deeper, join us at Set Free Sisterhood over on Facebook. I will pop the link in the show notes. And don't forget, if you know someone that would enjoy or benefit from this podcast, share it with them and take a screenshot and post it in your Instagram stories and tag me. It's time to take back our power, ladies, and be set free. Until next time, stay blessed. Michelle.